Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Knicks podcast. Alex, we are back with Terry of New York Knicks, Terry and Trey. We are finishing up this edition of our player capsules. We got a whole bunch of them, but we are going to culminate this episode talking about Austin Rivers and Iggy Brasdakis. Yeah, and you know, there's plenty to talk about what Rivers' role is going to be, what Iggy's role potentially could be, if he even makes it with the team, which is obviously in flux. So we'll see how all that goes. But in the meantime, we're just going to talk about it and talk through all of our feelings about those two players next on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Yeah, that's a good way to end that. All right, moving right along uh, to someone who's probably not quite as interesting. Uh, although, again, to bring it back to that Bold Predictions podcast, my my third prediction was that Iggy Brasdakis will somehow turn into a rotation player out of nowhere. And maybe he's another one of these guys that we're sort of forgetting about because of the fact that he's like old hap, you know, he's, he's old news. He got drafted last year. My God, so long ago, like didn't really play much, but uh, you know, there were times last year where I certainly was talking myself into Brasdakis being, you know, a guy that could be every bit as good as Kevin Knox, um, you know, on his rookie contract. And, you know, I think that Brasdakis obviously has a a lower ceiling than someone like Knox, because I don't think that he has like the physical tools, but I think he might have a higher floor because he, he does seem to be a better baseline defender. Um, He's a pretty good uh, passer, like on top of the fact that he can score presumably at all three levels, even if his, you know, athleticism holds him back a tiny bit from maybe like being able to score inside quite as well as you would want. But, you know, I think he can definitely shoot the three. I think he could definitely defend, you know, he can hold up on the perimeter and stuff. And, you know, he really, really tore it up in the G League last year. So, Terry, do you have any any expectations for Iggy coming into this season? I mean, I hope he makes a rotation. I'm a big Iggy fan. I went to Summer League last last time we had Summer League, but I guess 2019. Yeah. And he was legitimately better than RJ and Knox by a considerable amount. He thinks about the game at a deeper level. He just has this, and I hate to use analogies like he's just a gamer, but it just felt like he's a gamer. He knows how to play the game, knows how to get into the right spots, knows how to make the right decisions. In fact, I've sometimes been shocked that in practice, he's not just looking so much better than, like, at least Kevin Knox last year. 
that they haven't given him a shot. Now, I think we get last year we got robbed of the best part of the season, you know, considering how the season went. Uh, because you know, we finished at like game 60, what was it, 60 something in the end before COVID. So we didn't really get to see, you know, the end of rotation guys get a lot of minutes to end the season. And I think that's where, you know, after a really good season in Westchester, Iggy would have hopefully then shown his level at the NBA, you know, shown that at the NBA level. My worry for Iggy overall is the CAA Kentucky thing. And I'm not as scared about it as some people maybe, not yet. You know, nepotism is a problem if it doesn't work, but if it works, it's all good. But when it comes to Iggy, I do wonder, looking at the signings, it, it does get a little bit iffy. I mean, St- Scott Perry is definitely his biggest advocate. He traded up for him. So obviously there was intent there. Um, and, you know, we, he, he brings so much to the table. I remember even, you know, before the draft, we were looking at movement off ball and specific things that Iggy did in college. And it seemed there was a deeper meaning for picking him. And he, he showed it in summer league. So I would love for him to crack the rotation. I just feel like he's one of these guys. You put him on the court, he's going to do the right thing. You're not going to be like, oh, my God, why did Iggy do that? Which is what we do with a lot of other players. So I feel like he's a guy who any any lineup you put him in, he's going to do the right thing. Be smart. You may not have those physical abilities like you spoke about. But his ceiling to me as a baseline NBA player, he's, he's so much more likely to reach that than so many other guys. So I think regardless, he's a guy who will find his way in the league. I just hope it's on the Knicks. Um, but it's been iffy. He's another guy that's kind of been forgotten. I think less so than, you know, some of the other guys like Bullock, et cetera, because, you know, we drafted him and we saw how well he played with RJ, et cetera. So I'm hoping, you know, we see more from him this year. But it is iffy because we have such a deep team. And it's uh, it just like, you know, talking about the uh, Reggie Bullock situation. It's just hard to parse out where these guys will all fit. And does Iggy end up being a four? Does he end up being a three? You know, more questions asked. So, I really, really would love to see him get a rotation spot because I can't see him being a negative player. But, uh, you know, Kentucky ties run deep. And so we'll see what happens. Yeah, I think I think to that point, Terry, I'm, I'm not I'm not exceptionally confident that he's he's long for the Knicks or, or at least that he will be a rotation player on the Knicks. And, and that's just because, again, he, he's sort of a, a remnant of a, of a past administration. It was a point Macri made on the pod. The other day, I'm really, I'm giving him, I'm, I'm really blowing him up today. I'm giving him a lot of shout outs, but, um, but I, I, agree, I agree with the premise that someone like Miles Powell, someone like Emmanuel Quickly, if all else is equal, those guys are going to be prioritized over Iggy. And the outline of who Iggy is as a player is incredibly useful for the Knicks. Like I, I think he brings a lot of the same stuff that Alec Burks brings to the table in, in terms of being an above average shooter on good volume, smart passer, good rebounder, tough defender just doesn't really take anything off the table on paper. The question is, I mean, just how does it, how does it translate to the NBA? And, and really, it's, it's complete guesswork. Like, he, he kicked ass last year in the G League. He, he, was, he was, frankly, he was too good to be in the G League. But does that mean that works when he's playing big minutes? Does it work when he doesn't have the ball in his hands quite as much? Is he okay just being a spot-up guy who occasionally attacks closeouts? I don't know. I, I think the, the case for Iggy is there, there's a massive need on the Knicks for someone with his outline as a player, someone with size who can attack and can shoot. Um, they, they, they don't have really, again, outside of maybe Burks, anyone else who fits that mold on this roster. I just don't know if that actually actually translates to the NBA. But Alex, I know, I know you're a little more confident about it than I am. Yeah, I mean, it's probably false confidence. But I just think, I don't know, I think Iggy screams Tibbs player to me. Like, I think that he's going to be a guy that can do all the things that Tibbs likes in a player. Like, you know, Tibbs hasn't always 
sort of promoted the most athletically gifted type players. You know, he, he mostly gravitates towards the, the smart players that do their job and do it well. And I think there's a chance that Iggy could do that and prove himself in camp. There's also an equal chance potentially that they straight up just, you know, cut him like they, he might literally not make it out of camp. And, you know, maybe that would say more about my thoughts of Iggy being, um, seen through rose colored glasses than anything. But, you know, I, I do think that he is the type of guy that Tibbs normally gravitates towards and that he just seemingly tries hard on every play. He's smart. He does his job. He's a good passer. He's not someone that needs the ball for every second of every game, you know, like to be successful, um, which like oddly enough, like it sounds like DSJ is picking up a lot of traction and, you know, Nick's camp and he's a guy that like definitely needs the ball more or less all the time to be successful. So, you know, Iggy's more of a, you know, a guy like a, I, I guess I would say it's like, and understand this is like an extremely, extremely, you know, uh, light comparison, but like a Luol Deng type, you know, who was really successful under Tibbs. He, you know, Luol Deng was never the most skilled or the most athletic or, you know, the best shooter or whatever, but he worked his ass off every single game and, you know, he scored a decent amount of points and was ultimately like a really good, you know, sort of fulcrum for Chicago at the, you know, at the small forward spot where, you know, they could count on him all the time, but he also was low maintenance and stuff like that. And I think that like Iggy in an ideal world, if he, you know, develops and stuff the way that we think that maybe he could, which it's easy to forget. Like he came in last year, he was, he was a late pick last year, but he was a freshman in college before coming in last year. He was the big 10 freshman of the year. Like he does have pedigree. It's not like he's a nobody. Um, so I, I do think that there's a chance that he could come in and, uh, impress at camp and maybe carve himself out a role that we didn't really see coming similar to what we were saying about Reggie Bullock, where it's easy to just kind of forget that these guys exist because they're not the new shiny toy, but like they still do exist. And, you know, they're still, in theory, good players, you know, and, and Iggy's still on a rookie deal and the Knicks might want to see what they have in him rather than just cutting him or something um, or, or you know, trying to ship him off for basically nothing or whatever. Um, they may want to actually give him a shot. So I guess that remains to be seen. But in the interest of sort of wrapping this up, um, because we still have one more big player to discuss here, let's move on to Austin Rivers. And, you know, Terry, I think I, I would assume that this was probably the guy that made you want to choose this player grouping? Cause I think Austin rivers is really intriguing. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on Austin rivers going into the season? Life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. 2020 certainly doesn't qualify as normal. It's one of the most difficult times in all of our lives. We need stress relief. Now that goes beyond quick fixes. I would say headspace epitomizes that ideal. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. Headspace is the one is one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. That's important. That means it's actually worked. It's been tested in a scientific capacity. You know it's good for you. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. If you're overwhelmed, Headspace has a special three-minute SOS meditation just for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace's wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. 
It's a really good idea to get kids started on meditation early. I, I wish I had done it for myself. I wish my parents had had Headspace. Uh, that, I really recommend doing that. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I know that is certainly true for me. I started meditating about two years ago, including some experience with Headspace. And I can tell you, especially after a workout, it hits different. It feels so, so good and it creates sustainable relaxation. Again, this isn't this is what Headspace told us to say. This is just coming straight from me. I know for me personally, in my life, it has created uh, sustained stretches of calmness and anxiety reduction that I haven't experienced with anything else I've ever tried. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000, that's a big number, five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash LockedOnMBA. That's headspace.com slash LockedOnMBA for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash LockedOnMBA today. I, I like to, you know, pride myself on being rational and double-headed, but my thoughts about Austin River changed so much after his press conference media day interview. I'm annoyed at myself that, you know, it's still a thing, but I guess hearing about someone, you know, hearing from someone who's clearly a, a hoophead, obviously his father has instilled that in him from young and the way he spoke about the franchise just felt on such a deeper level than most players would even think about really just had me buy into him as a competitor. Now, I remember Austin Rivers was kind of a joke in the NBA a little bit until that uh, playoff series with the Clippers, when he basically just, uh, I think they lost the game, but he, you know, he was bloodied. He had like a bandage above his eye. He played really hard and he kind of earned a lot of respect from there. Um, and then since then, you know, obviously he's become a solid contributor, not really that efficient, kind of a, you know, not a shooter, just more of a, a gunner, but he can get really hot, scored 40 in the bubble. So he's someone who is really intriguing because you look at him and you're like, wow, could this guy become, and not to put this on him, but could he become a John Starks-esque cult figure for the Knicks where his attitude, his energy, his ability to score, his ability to shot create in the playoffs, in a tight game, in big moments, just means more than his actual production throughout the season? Or is he just a guy who's going to come here, stat pad and whatever? Now, the deal that he signed is crazy to me. And I still think there's some other wink-wink thing going on there because for his production, and I don't think, you know, it's like he had a ton of suitors, but he did mention a couple of playoff teams were interested. And I mean... Yeah, just to interrupt real quick, sorry, just to, to give the details of that deal, yeah. it's, it's more or less like a rookie contract. Like, it's insane. It's basically, he signed for three years at like roughly $3 million per season, but the second two years are non-guaranteed. So the Knicks essentially have an option on him for two straight years with at $3 million for his production, which to me is insane. But anyway, continue that, on that, with the, no, no, That's <laughs> why I'm saying that I like when I saw the contract and I saw 10 million, I thought it was 10 per year, which I would have been like, okay, that's actually, you know, not the best value at all, but it would make sense, you know, given who he's become, he's only 28. I think he just turned 28, like a month and a half ago or whatever. So it's like, he's literally about to go into the peak of his career. And we have him on like the most insane team friendly deal. And it's a guy who, you know, just because of his pedigree as a competitor can bring you so much more off the court, potentially, you know, if things go well, um, you feel like you're getting insane value for him. I think he's become, 
again, I go back to the interview. And like I said, it feels like surface level analysis, but personalities matter in this league. They matter more than we think sometimes. And a guy like that, getting him in organization, you know, maybe he can push the young guys a little bit. We even saw Marcus Morris, even his little time here did have an impact. I think Frank kind of benefited from Marcus Morris being here a little bit. And Rivers obviously could potentially be here longer. Uh, that deal makes me think they have, like, they must have spoken to him about something else. I'm like, does he have, like, a role in the front office already set up for 10 years from now with Dolan? Because it's a really crazy deal. So I'm excited to see him on the court. Still, you know, obviously maybe that six-man role, never know, maybe he ends up being a starter. But I think he's going to be an exciting player. And I think no matter what, because of, like, the way he'll play, as much as he may be frustrating sometimes, I think we end this season really liking what he did and liking his demeanor and what he meant to the team. Um, and I kind of don't really want to see him traded. Like, you know, obviously at 3.3 million, that is incredible deal for any, you know, incredible value for any contender. Uh, but he, I, you know, I saw him, I saw Burks and I was, I was saying before, I'm like, these are the kind of guys you want on your team when you're a playoff team and they can do specific things. They bring the right attitude and he's saying all the right things. You know, we got to see it on the court. We've heard guys say stuff like this before, but there's something about the way he spoke about it. Um, and even, you know, that comment specifically of like, we're in an era where people, you know, don't really want to build something from the ground up in a weird way. Like in life, you get to, I'm getting like philosophical here, but you get to your, like your mid late twenties, you think about things on a deeper level. It almost feels like he's looking at his legacy and sees something here. Um, so a lot of this is more like platitudes than just like his actual play on the court. Uh, but I, I have to admit, it just really intrigues me. And I think Nick Nation, just generally speaking, after that interview, just felt a little bit different about Austin Rivers on the whole. Yeah, I, I, I certainly did. I, I was excited about it. It was cool reading up this week a little on uh, Doc's history with the Knicks. And I, I like I like the symmetry of, of Austin coming here at sort of a similar point in his career and, and, and hoping, um, like his dad, to be a part of a great Knicks team. And I think if there's one thing to be said about Austin Rivers is that he really doesn't take much off the table. He's, he's not really great at anything. But there isn't a clear area of his game that gets exposed, which is is pretty incredible considering, I mean, what he was coming out of high school, which was a, a mixtape king, someone who had all the hype in the world. He, he was like, if Trey Young had had a famous dad and, and hadn't played um, in Oklahoma in high school, like he probably would have been um, a pretty similar level of hype. And then he goes to Duke. He, he's mostly really good at Duke goes to the NBA and, and struggles. I mean, for his first like three, four years in the league, like even, even coached by it's like his dad didn't know how to play him. His dad was playing him a point guard when he clearly wasn't a point guard. And then um, over the years, he's gotten better and better and better. And, and now he's a guy who legitimately makes a difference. Yeah. So the, the stats ultimately paint a picture of a guy who, I mean, had a positive impact last year on an elite team. The Rockets were 4.2 points uh, better per hundred possessions with him on the court. Uh, 80% of his shots uh, for the first time in his career came either within three feet of the basket or from uh, three-point range. He is ultimately someone who, in a lot of ways, like I, I said this to Alex the other day, I, I thought when they signed him, like, oh, finally, the Knicks are getting a good three-point shooter. And you look at his career stats, and you're like, oh, he's, a, he's actually very, very average as a three-point shooter. But I, I think sometimes people uh, fail to get, when you're when you're a bad team, Getting average players usually makes you better because usually your team is full of below average players. He it's it's all about opportunity cost, and he he's a big upgrade over a variety of guys that the Knicks were playing last year. Even someone like uh, Damian Dotson, who was who was in, I think is in a pretty similar mold as a player. I think Rivers is the more experienced version of Dotson, and and ultimately the more consistent version of Dotson. Maybe he's he's not quite the shooter he is, but. 
he just he, he fills all these different niches. He has a nice little floater game. Again, he, he's just he's average finishing at the rim. But given the fact that he's not an incredible athlete, that's that's pretty impressive. The fact of the matter is, I mean, ultimately, you just you need guys who know what they're doing and aren't going to screw things up offensively. And, and over the last few years, the Knicks have had a lot of guys who have just sort of screwed things up. He's going to move off the ball. He's gonna he's gonna cut at the right time, which I think is just as important as as being active. You, you need to be smart about when you're going to the basket. He is one of the lower turnover rates for any guard in the league. He he's just a guy who embodies competency, and, and the Knicks desperately need competency right now. Yeah, I'm I'm with all that. I mean, I think I think especially at the value of the contract, which I don't know if we can hammer enough just how good of a value it is. The Knicks have essentially given themselves a guy that they can either decide to keep around and is going to take up less than 3% of the salary cap, you know, for a guy that could potentially spot start and be a six man for you. Uh, or, you know, they have a guy that they can sell to other teams that's making less than 3% of the salary cap with literally an out clause for every single year of his contract, which is like crazy NFL level stuff. Like it's in the NBA. Generally, if you sign a contract, you're getting that money. Um, I always say, I mean, I don't probably don't say it a ton on this pod, but like when I talk about the NFL, I'm like the NFL CBA is a joke because literally, you know, you every offseason you see all these big money deals in the NFL and by and large, you know, the contracts are only going to pay about half of what the stated number is because the NFL is all about non-guaranteed money. You know, the NBA by and large and, you know, the, the tide is certainly shifting a little bit in the NBA with this, but. Um, it by and large for years has been all about guaranteed money period. Like if you sign a contract, it's for that amount unless stated otherwise. Um, and you know, th- that's why this contract with rivers is just so mind boggling, you know, that he was down to come to a team like this. Um, you know, that's definitely rebuilding when he has a contending skill set and do it for so cheap, you know, and w- giving the team basically the option to cut ties with him at any point with no repercussions uh, is kind of insane. So I, maybe it's sort of betting on himself in a weird way that he's going to be able to stick around and make all the money of this contract. But I also feel like he could have signed somewhere else for more, which Terry brings me back, you know, full circle to the whole press conference thing where I'm like, I like the fact that he took probably less money. I mean, with the amount of money that was being handed out in this free agency period, I, I don't see any way that he didn't have an offer that was higher from somewhere. And ultimately took this offer and now is saying all these things about wanting to be part of like the New York resurgence and bring this team back that he talked to his dad and his dad steered him there instead of Philly, which I still think is kind of (laughs) hilarious. Like it's, it's well known that like doc and Austin don't really get along. Um, and, And, you know, haven't all the way back to like when Austin was in high school and stuff that they're just like sort of tolerable of one another, not so much this like super buddy, buddy tight, best friend sort of father son relationship. Um, so it, it was kind of funny to me that like doc was just like, no, 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 no. go to New York. Don't come here. <laughs> we, you know, you could, you could have so much more of a legacy in, in New York or whatever. Like don't come to Philadelphia, but at any rate, you know, it's, it's cool to hear him talking that way. And I do think that if we're just talking about on the court, he's going to bring a lot of utility. Like he's shown in his career, he was advertised as a point guard coming into the league. Obviously he's not a pure point guard, but he could play spot point guard type minutes and with how many sort of combo guard types the Knicks have on their team anyway, like RJ Barrett, uh, who's more of like a, a big wing potential initiator. Um, you know, you have Frank Nilakina, who I think, you know, we can agree probably shouldn't be the full time every single possession ball handler 
Alec Burks, you know, can handle the ball decently himself and create his own shot, which is a big thing. Um, you know, so there's a lot of guys like that on this team that don't ne- uh, Emmanuel quickly who they just drafted to, I should note. Uh, so there's a lot of guys that don't necessarily need the ball in their hands all the time, but should have the ball in their hands sometimes, which is sort of the same thing that Austin Rivers does. And he seems perfectly humble and willing to accept whatever role is, is thrust upon him this year. And with no real, I guess the big thing is like the signings that they brought on this year and the way that they've been talking and everything else seems like there's no shady guarantees coming with anything, you know, like last year, you definitely felt like Alfred Payton signed with the Knicks and was told you're the starter. And Julius Randall was signed with the Knicks and said, you know, it was like, yeah, you're getting paid this much money, blah, blah, blah. Like you're the starter. And it felt like there was all these guarantees for everyone outside of maybe like, maybe like Taj Gibson. And then you could definitely say like Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington definitely didn't have any sort of guarantees, but like Randall and Peyton, it definitely felt like had promises made to them. And it's felt that way with other free agent signings in the past. Whereas all these guys that are on right now, it seems like they were more or less told, like just like anybody else, you're going to have to work for what you get. You're going to be held accountable. You're going to be responsible for mentoring young players. And it seems like Austin Rivers and the other guys have really uh, leaned into that. And, you know, that sort of goes with the theme of Noel as well. And, you know, making it sound like he's cool with playing a mentorship role, despite really just like Austin Rivers entering his prime, Um, you know, and being on a team that is not going to necessarily be like a spot that's going to take a the best advantage of his prime, but he doesn't seem to mind because he seems cool with the team and the role that he's being thrust into and all that stuff. And that's refreshing uh, because they're it, really outside of just the little platitudes. Nobody's talking like we're definitely going to make the playoffs this year. Like they say, yeah, the playoffs are a goal, but every team's playoffs are the goal and or every team's goals are the playoffs until they get knocked out of contention, like two weeks into the season. <laughs> and I'm sure this next team will be no different, but Anyway, Terry, do you have anything uh, to add to finish off the Austin Rivers discussion before we wrap this podcast up? Just a reminder that today's episode is brought to you by Built Go. Built Go makes you the best you at whatever you do. Break through your wall with Built Go. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Go every single day. Built Go comes in easy to take 1.5 ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase in non-COVID times to take to work with you for a presentation or just put it in your pajama pants with your, you know, your suit coat uh, up top to make you look presentable and take it right before your big presentation. You put it in your golf bag to power through the back nine before it gets too cold. Uh, or you could just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Whatever you need to get through in your day, Built Go is there for you to help you with it. And how does it work? It's it's like five-hour energy, but without the same crash feeling. Plus, it is all natural, so it's better for your body. And Built Go comes in three delicious flavors. Peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, and chocolate milk. Chocolate mint. Sorry, not chocolate milk. Uh, how does Built Go work so well? It combines energy gel with collagen protein. Collagen protein is fast-absorbing, so it gets in your system fast. Plus, it is easy on your stomach. I can personally attest I've taken Built Go on an empty stomach before a workout and felt no ill effects like you do with some other pre-workout stuff. Built Go is also loaded with good stuff to ignite your work, like beta alanine, B3, honey, and a kick of caffeine. And it has 10,000% of your daily dosage of vitamins B6 and B12 to keep you going strong. So if you're interested in picking up some Built Go, visit BuiltGo.com. Use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 20% off your next order. 
Again, use promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. I'll, I'll wrap this up just on a very, you know, very specific point. This is a guy that was playing, what, 20-something minutes, 22, 23 minutes on a pseudo-contender. But Austin Rivers has been on good teams for, like, outside of that little period in Washington a couple years ago. He's really been on good teams for the majority of his career, and he's always been a contributor for the most part. So we're getting someone who's used to playing high-level basketball in the Western Conference. He's coming to the East at that value uh, I just can't see it being something unless and unless he takes his role, you know, he looks at his role in a different way, which, as we're saying, it doesn't seem at all that he thinks he's coming here to star or to get more shots than he should. We're going to I can't see this going badly. I want to feel like 90 percent of me feels like this is going to end really well. At least this season, we're going to feel happy with what he did. Um, and like you said, Gavin, a guy who's just competent. Uh, when you're a bad team, competency really helps. And you surround young players with enough competency to just kind of pick up some of it by osmosis. So I feel, if anything, this offseason, just on a whole, it's like a smarter version of last year's offseason. Whereas last year, we you know we spent money, we got like, quote-unquote, decent role players, but they were all overpaid. And maybe there were promises made, and maybe they didn't do kind of all the basic things well. Whereas this year, I feel like everyone's cheaper, first of all, so better value if you want to trade them. Everyone seems more bought into exactly what they actually will be doing and not what they think they could be doing. Um, and the overall vibe just feels better. So I want to see it on the court, of course. You know, the offseason sells hopes and dreams to us every year. But Austin Rivers, something about the tenor and the way he spoke just really kind of, you know, rubbed me the right way, so to speak. So I'm excited to see it. And um, hopefully, I, I want to see him become a cult hero. That would be cool. He feels, he gives me that vibe. You know, Steve Novak, Jared Smith, these guys who come here and they give their all for the team and, you know, they're remembered for years, Chris Copeland. So I'm hoping uh, he can potentially be that on a good Knicks team into his prime because he's 28. You're literally about to get the best years, theoretically, of his basketball career at a ridiculous price. And that's only a good thing. I, I, yeah, I cannot think of a better note to end on, Terry. Uh, before before we, uh, we, we finally wrap this up, uh, can you let people know uh, where they can find you on social media? where they can find you, find your work and, and what you guys have coming up. Yep, definitely. So on Twitter, I tweet like constantly. I'm going crazy on Twitter these days. At NYK Terry and Tree. On YouTube, it's the same thing. Me and my mom usually have season tickets. So this year, we can't go to the games, of course. But we're going to go live during some games near the end. So you can see us going crazy. Uh, we have a lot of video dropping like constantly. We're posting almost like every two days now. Getting ready for the season. So yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, definitely check out my stuff on YouTube. Yeah, I I concur, and I can I can say you know having co-starred in one video, it is phenomenal content on the NYK Terry and Trey YouTube channel. Terry, thanks so much for coming on, and uh, I'm sure this won't be the last time. We'll probably talk to you sometime during the season. So until then, though, take care of yourself, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome, thanks for having me on, guys.